America, Father Brian O'Brien, welcome to Pastors of Pain. Uh, We are so glad that you have joined us today via the radio on Sunday mornings, or I think for most of you, via uh, a podcast. Um, One thing we've, I don't think we've ever asked for, and that is uh, what it seems like every podcast asks for is that like you like rate and review the podcast, like go and give us like a five-star rating. And apparently it like makes, allows, it like gives more people, like, I don't know, the higher your rating, like it shows up in more people's feeds or whatever. Anyway, so, you know, do that. Um, Father Kerry is in Costa Rica. Uh, So those of you who are in Costa Rica, if you see uh, a priest uh, who's kind of spastic and uh, running around, he's probably wearing chacos and a cassock. Uh, his name is, uh, Father Kerry Wakulich and you should say hello to him and, uh, and like feed him and, and pray for him. Uh, when one of us is away, we like to bring in very special guests. And today is such a day because I am joined right here in the studio by Mr. Rob Ponce. Hello, hello. Rob, this is so great. So Rob is a parishioner uh, at St. Francis Xavier. Rob is uh, newly on board on our parish staff as our communications director, and we'll get to all that. But Rob also has a fascinating story of his walk with the Lord, mm-hmm. which is more important than him being the communications director, as important as that is. All that Facebook, all that Twitter, all that Instagram, our parish website, he helps with this podcast, all the graphics and the bulletin, and it's never ending. Uh, it's a fire hose coming at you every week. That's it. Um, okay, so I'm just going to ask Rob some questions, and Rob is going to just talk about himself a little bit, which makes him wildly uncomfortable. Absolutely. And so it's a good thing we're on radio because you can't see him squirming. Um, okay, Rob, tell us about your kind of current your current life. What is what it, where where are you? What are you doing? Uh, what do you do? What do you do all day? And then we'll kind of get to like how how you got here. Sure. Give us a little. Give us a little background. Um, Who is Rob Ponce? Well, um, I'll, the short version is uh, married, two beautiful children. Both are adults, out of the house, living their own lives. Um, I've lived in Stillwater for about uh, seven years. Uh, married for going on 26, sacramentally two and a half. We'll get to that. Yeah, that's a good, that's (laughs) Um, a good story. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, after I retired from the military, did about 20 years in the United States Navy and, uh, my wife and I had to figure out where to live and somehow we ended up in Stillwater, Oklahoma. I love it. Yeah. That's the story of a So you grew up where? I grew uh, born in Chicago, raised in South Florida. You were born in Chicago? I, I don't think I ever, I did not know that. The Windy City. Okay, you're born in Chicago, where and then where? Uh, raised in South Florida. Uh, joined the military at 19 and never looked back. Okay. Yeah. So you were in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. Uh, and you did 20 years. I did. In the Navy. What Just was sure. that? What was that like? Where did you go? You went to a lot of places. Oh, I did. You were on... Yeah, you were I, on ships and I submarines started, and stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, not submarines. Oh, okay. I was an operations specialist. So, like, if you ever l- watch a, a military movie and they show the Navy. Hunt for see, Red October. Right. You see the guy looking at a scope, the radar scope. And that the was you? Blips. That's, that was With the I headphones? Did. That's it. That was me. And when yeah. they, and they yell out, 
<laughs> Rush it, bogey, nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that was that me. was you. Yeah. Wow. So I specialized in uh, combat air control, uh, more commonly referred to as air intercept control. What does uh, that mean? What, uh, basically, um, as I was on the ship looking at the larger radar picture, I would. Uh, talk to the pilots via radio and tell them where the bad guys were and wow. point them in the right direction and told them to go kill it. Wow. That's what I did. That's fascinating. It was awesome. And so job. where did that take you? 20 years in the Navy, you lived in how many places and where? So, oh boy. Um, so I started in San Diego in the early 90s. That's um, a big Navy Oh, absolutely. Big it's, Navy it's, place. Uh, yeah. It's, I think, second to Norfolk in Virginia, which okay. I spent time there too. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii... Um, Virginia, and then I finished my career in Naples, Italy. Yeah, for three wow. years. Beautiful. Europe is yeah. wonderful. So how much? So it was Italy the only place overseas, or were you other? Well, I mean, I, so stationed, yes, but I mean, I've visited the planet. I mean, I've gone. Oh, so you to, would come into port mm -hmm. on a? I mean, on an aircraft carrier? Uh, I was on, on small boys, what we call small boys. They were destroyers, the Arleigh Burke class destroyers, wow. mostly. That's yeah. where I spent most of my career. Um, so you'd come into a port like Hong Kong. Oh, went to Hong Kong. Uh, went to Thailand. And you'd be there for a day, a week, couple days, you know, two or three days, depends. And you'd be able to get off, so you get off the ship and mm -hmm. explore and, see the and see the have a little free time. Mm -hmm. And I used wow. to love doing uh, what we called uh, comrails, their community relations projects. Oh, yeah. So we would go to like an orphanage or something yeah. and paint or hang out with the kids mm -hmm. or build something or whatever it is they needed. Building up good relationships between the mm -hmm. U.S. and other... Yeah. That was the good side of me doing... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of best, best thing about 20 years in the Navy? I mean, what, what did you find most rewarding and... Hmm. Uh, Gratifying. I would say gratifying was to serve my country. Amen. I mean, yeah. legit. I mean, I, I was able to do something that only about 1% of our country does, and that's protect our nation. And that was the most rewarding. Um, on top of that, getting to meet people from all over, not just our country, but our world, because we had lots of other nationals that would serve in the Navy, too, side by side, fighting the same fight. And so that was awesome to be able to work with them and know them and meet them and learn their cultures and yeah. and build those friendships. Wow. I mean, I have friendships that date back since the beginning of my career, uh, and I still have. And you do spend a lot of time like with the same people. You sure do. You You're get to <laughs> you get to sleep with about thirty or forty of your best friends. Yeah, you like all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. And then so then like the most kind of. The, I'm sure there were a lot of struggles, a lot of crosses to bear. What's what, what was difficult about? I, I think the most difficult was um, leaving home, leaving my wife and children yeah. behind. That was really tough. So you were gone. How I mean, how how long for a period of time? So I think uh, Margie and I sat down once years ago, and we calculated that in our first, I think, I think it was the first four years of our marriage. I think we were only together a few months. Wow. Like physically in the same space yeah. together a few months out of four years. Well, they say when, uh, when, yeah, when someone is serving in the military, like their family, their family serves too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's a sacrifice that military families make Absolutely. to be away from their yeah. father or mother and 
Yeah. And Margie's so awesome because she got involved with like the family groups. So like when oh, we would nice. deploy, she would yeah. get the families together sometimes and they would just, you know, do crafts with the kids yeah. or little lunches and dinners and things like that and go hang out and, you know, to kind of help the time go by yeah. faster. Yeah. So I want to get, especially to like your, your walk of faith, but after, so you, you, you leave, you retired from the Navy mm-hmm. and then you, what'd you do? So I um, found a job at uh, Oklahoma State. <gasps> go Pokes! Yeah, that's it, go Pokes. Uh, I did seven years there, and it was, uh, well, yeah, about seven years. Um, You're a and computer I guy. A, yeah, I worked in the IT department, so that was fun. Um, it was it was uh, really rewarding to be able to work with college students and the staff. And again, it's the same thing. It's Oklahoma State is such a diverse place to be. Lots of people from all over the world are there going, studying, or working. And so I got to kind of continue what I was doing in the military as far as... A little more stable. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's true. Getting to go home every night was pretty, pretty awesome. That's amazing. And so then uh, we had our job, we had a job come open, the communications director. And um, so just a funny story, when I was first assigned here, I think it was the week before I started, the week before I moved here, Father Kerry was gone for something. So Father Kerry moved here the year before I did. And I covered at St. John's. I had mm-hmm. celebrated mass. Anyway, and I was just standing there, like meeting people. And here up walks Rob, and he introduced himself. Was very friendly, welcomed me. And then I got here, and then I don't know. Our paths crossed quite a bit because Rob was always at church, and and then I like had some computer problem, and <laughs> I right. called you, and you came. It was like my old office uh-huh. at, at what is now we don't even own the building anymore. Yeah. And you came and it was my, it was my calendar. Yes. My calendar would not yep. sync yep. phone to computer yep. and it was driving me <laughs> insane. And Rob came and fixed it. Yeah, I did. And I was able to mm. get on with my life. Okay. So then, so now you're working for us. You're working at the parish. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you've only been on the job for a little, uh, a little, two months, a little while, yeah, but it's awesome. But it's awesome. I think you, hopefully you've noticed if you're, if you follow us on social media, if you look at our website, things are just better, more up to date, more just, you know, kind of more dynamic than, than we had before, before we were kind of doing a piecemeal thing and it just wasn't, it just wasn't as good. Okay. Let's talk about your faith. You, yeah. how did you grow up? So I grew up Pentecostal. Okay. Tell like, us about that. Pretty much from before I was born. So in Chicago, Mm-hmm. Your family went to, or in Flo- Chicago, Florida, mm-hmm. your family went to a Pentecostal. They sure did. Church. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. What is that? So, what is that like? If you, if someone has never been to oh a Pentecostal church, uh, what was that like for well, you? Well, I could tell you with both of my grandfathers being pastors. Okay, uh, I don't think I knew that. Separate churches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so faith was or is central to my family and i don't mean just my family my wife and i, I mean my greater family yeah brothers sisters yeah. aunts i mean you were raised in the christian absolutely faith and the scriptures so. and absolutely yeah and so like uh, not trying to poke fun at my my family but like I have memories of my mom literally dancing in the aisle at yeah. a Sunday service. Yep. You know, very common in the yeah, Pentecostal just tradition. Playing yeah. that tambourine like nobody's business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Singing and everything. Yeah. And, you know, my brother is uh, today is a uh, my oldest brother. He's a co-pastor at the church that in in my old hometown, and um, he was also the uh, music director. 
he's a bass player. Wow. And so he led that for decades. Yeah. Uh, my sister sings in the church. Um, she teaches the, the youth ministry. Um, and so my cousins, they have a church. They're pastors of a church. I mean, our faith is everything yeah jesus is central to our lives what do they think about you being a catholic and we'll get to like how you became yeah um i could tell you uh well a short story i'll try to keep this short sure, as I can. sure. Like, so when i made the decision to become catholic my mother found out calls me and says like what does that mean and i said well you know remember when i was a kid and you told me to get baptized and i told you i wasn't ready and she says, okay, so you're going to get baptized. Yes. She goes, when? And I gave her the date. It was Easter vigil of 2006. She says, I'm coming up there. <laughs> and I said, Margie, um, <laughs> uh, uh, prepare. <laughs> My so mom's coming. She's coming. And she did. And, uh, you know, she, like, cause she was mad at you or because well, she know, was I proud of sure. you. Or? I wasn't sure. I, yeah. I think uh, so after this I is very baptized. common for those, for converts. Yes. I mean, those of those who listen, who are listening and yes. made a decision to become Catholic. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's met with great, you know, great fanfare sure. within the family. Mm -hmm. And other times it leads yeah. to, you know, we had, we had like Deacon Tom Cabine mm -hmm. on, you know, when he was Jehovah's witness. When he left the witnesses, yeah, he was shunned. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, his family basically, uh, yeah, disowned him. Yeah, uh, it wasn't like that. It, nothing like that at all. I think it was um, a false understanding of what Catholicism is, and I think that's where her consternation came from. Yeah, and so when she was He's there and be saw one it, of those, yeah, one of those oh, no. exactly. You know, she had this idea that the Knights of Columbus, on command of the Pope, would go kill everybody, and I'm like, really? That's not a Obviously, thing. you haven't met the Knights of Columbus. Yeah, yeah. we well, make breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so um, I do remember after being baptized, looking at my mother and seeing tears flow down her face. Huh. And tears she, good, tears bad. Tears very good. Tears good. Okay, good. Because nice. you know, waiting until thirty-two years old to be baptized, you know, it was it became a great joy to her so you were not baptized in the pentecostal no. church i think i was there probably, is baptism in oh, the pentecostal yeah. church absolutely yeah. but i was probably about i want to say between 10 and 12 years old when my mother asked me you know are you ready to be baptized and i remember looking at her at that young age saying no i'm not ready that's really interesting we have someone in rcia this year uh who is a Pente who grew up pentecostal now is becoming catholic um, and she's, you know, third, I don't know, she's 30 or mm -hmm. something and has never, and was never baptized. Yeah. So we're going to baptize her. Yeah. There was something about it. I, I, wow. I call it God's providence. Yeah. Cause I look back now and I look at that, like oh, how can a 12 year old, 10, 12 year old, you know, with a straight face say, I'm not ready. But you said it, but yeah. I did. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it because I was baptized in the one true faith. Boom. Yeah. Okay, so how did that happen? So you grew up in the Pentecostal church? Mm -hmm. uh, so even as a young kid, I mean, I, again, I was like any bad kid, you know, you know, broken home, whatever. There's no bad kids. Yeah. Well, I was one. Just, <laughs> but yet, just funny Just good enough, kids doing know, bad things. Yes. Okay. I should probably say it that way. Good kid doing bad things. But even still, even, even growing up, I still was in the faith. You know, I went to Sunday school, you know, I went like to, in high school, you were, you, mm -hmm. you were, 
Yeah. Active in the Pentecostal church. Yeah, just yeah. I went to church because, well, in our household, let me be you clear. You had to. Yeah. It was, she'll grab you by the ear. You, you were, were getting out of bed. You, you were going son. to church. So, so but, then in the military, mm-hmm. what, where, which, which direction did you go? That was really difficult because being on a small boy on a destroyer, you didn't have access to a, a chaplain like you do on the bigger ships, like the, the carriers. And so there was a pretty big lapse of faith there. And it was, I mean, I would use the excuse of, well, there was no one there to, to guide me, right? sure. to, to sure. shepherd me, yep. as they say. Um, and, and then I allowed the world to consume me. I really did. And uh, not proud of that, but it's just yeah. a fact of life. That was part of your life, yeah. yeah. Um, but funny enough, though, that even through those times, it, my mom would send me letters every now and then. And every time she would send me a letter, there was always scripture somewhere in yeah, the letter, nice. beginning to end on the sides, whatever. It was always scripture. And when I would read those letters, I would think, you know, maybe I should pray. And so I'd be deployed somewhere off the coast of some hostile country that has every coastal missile pointed at us. And I'd be like, you know, Lord, <laughs> uh, please protect me. Please protect us, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so I, you suddenly find faith, right? Um, so it was always there. And, oh, I yeah. that's, and I think that's true of a lot of people. Even mm-hmm. People who grew up in, in church but have walked away or yeah. or just there i find yeah. so often that seed of faith yeah. is still there this was my a couple weeks ago i went was down in hugo and antlers and boswell i was preaching yeah. their parish mission and i was kind of like like fanning the flame of faith yeah. like it's there yeah. it's like a little pilot light that just needs you know yeah. it needs some gas that's it. that's it and i attribute my faith absolutely to my mother may she rest in peace Wow. I know that she was praying for me then and she's wow. praying for me now. Amen. I know this. Yeah. I know this. I love it. I attribute my the level of faith that I have today to my mother. Wow. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Okay, how did you meet then? How, where did the Catholic Church come about? Yeah, so, how old were you? Uh, I, let's see, I was married. I got married around uh, 22 years old. Um, and so Margie, my wife, she is, she's cradle Catholic. And um, right at about the time that we got married, she was just slowly getting back into her Catholic faith. And then when, uh, when we were pregnant with our first child, um, she was like, okay, how are we going to raise our children? A and, very important conversation. And it for, was. And, yeah. it was a, and, and I, I believe that right there was step one of converting. Huh. Because I told her straight-faced, I'm really not that big into my faith. You're getting back into your faith and you want to raise them Catholic. I'm not going to stop you. And I didn't. Sure. And then she's like, okay, well, if faith is going to be important to our children, that means you have to come too. So I was like, well, all right, (laughs) sure. So she was, I mean, she was saying you, you have to, you need to Mm -hmm. become Catholic or you need to. Well, more at the very least come to church. Yeah, because that's what, that's another thing we do. Yeah. I mean, we try not to do. I think it happens, but we try not to. We don't want. I don't, we don't want people to become Catholic mm-hmm. out of guilt, right? Or look, buddy, your wife's Catholic, and yeah. you need to be a united front for your children, and yeah. so you better become Catholic, even if you don't want to. We're not about that. And in the awesomeness of my wife, she looked for a church. I'm going to use her words here. That. Wasn't so Catholic. <laughs> oh, 
So what does that mean? So she found. I get it, but what is yeah, like, what? she she found, actually no kidding. We were living in Virginia Beach at the time. I was stationed in Norfolk, and uh, she found a church that did not have kneelers. So like you oh. either kneeled on the floor, or you sat in your chair, or you yeah. stood up. Yeah, and that was you know. In her in her view, kneelers well, are a very Catholic yes, thing. Yes, yeah. yes, and so she wanted to ease me into the Catholic. I thought she was going to say like a charismatic Catholic church. Oh, that would have been like home to me too. Where there would yeah. be, yeah, where there's a, yeah. there is there can be some. Oh, there was a lot of uh, you some know some jumping around, the, some tambourines at the Our Father. You know, like this, we had a we had a very I would classify a progressive priest. Yeah, where he would have everyone. Of course, this is pre-COVID, so this is like sure. uh, early two thousands. Yeah, everyone would hold hands oh, across. Yeah. you know all the aisles that. in the center of the aisle. I mean, everyone would. Yeah. Join hands. Yeah. It didn't matter if it was, yeah. you just met this person or didn't know him. You were holding hands during the Our Father. And we did. Wow. And so. So then how from that point, kind of your first child to mm-hmm. becoming officially yeah. between baptism was how long? Oh, I think 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I, I went to mass. And, and so. So you were kind of just being a dutiful husband to it. your wife. That's it. And taking it all in. And, mm-hmm. what and was seeing the, the beauty of it. What was the. What was the turn where you said, I think, I think this is for me? Um, I think when I started to, which is sad, but it took me 10 years to understand what is the Eucharist? Like I hear these words and I've been hearing these words, but what is, what does that mean? What does that mean? And and as I began to develop a deeper understanding of what the Eucharist is, then that's where the, so how do I get it? Like how? I want that. Uh huh. And then it was, well, you have to become Catholic. Well, okay. Well, what does that mean? How do, like, what, yeah. how do I do that? How do yeah. I do that? Where do I sign? That's it. And that's, that's, that's where it was. Wow. That's where it was. So you went through then the RCIA mm-hmm. process, the right of sure Christian did. initiation of adults mm-hmm. at the parish in Virginia beach. Mm-hmm. I did. Okay. Yeah. And then you were baptized in Easter Vigil, Easter 2006. Yeah. So at the Easter Vigil, you were baptized, mm-hmm. you were confirmed, mm-hmm. and you received mm-hmm. your first Holy Communion. And because I was 32 years old, I remember telling Father uh, Father Jim Parks, may he rest in peace. I remember before going in, so we were we were dressed all in brown, right? In these... Uh, that great liturgical color of yes. brown. And I remember telling Father, I said, Father... Okay, I'm 32 years old. I'm I'm being baptized today, so I, you need to make sure that I'm completely wet because he they did submersion. Oh, full immersion, yeah, yeah, full immersion, yeah. And so I was like, I have to be completely wet. I got 32 years of sin on me. <laughs> I love it. And he's like, Did he okay. oblige? He sure did. So wow. I had to like. So they had a big baptismal font. Mm-hmm. So at our parish, yeah, our yeah. our baptismal yeah. font is not very big. It's not. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not. We're not doing. We're not full, full immersion, immersion <laughs> in our little <laughs> our little bowl there. So because it wasn't very big. And he was in there with me, so I had to like lay flat and squat and like flatten out to get <laughs> completely under. And he like he had to like grab my the back my back and like pull me out of the water. At you know, in the name of the I Father, I went under, <sighs> and he had to pull. Because you go me in out. three times, That's yeah. It. And, uh, and I wow. he had to pull me out all three times. Wow. And my wife said that all there was just one little dry spot where his hand was holding me to keep me from I love like, it. staying under. <laughs> so then, so now you're a Catholic. Mm-hmm. What did what did that look like? So how did that express itself? Well, it, it, 
at first, of course, you're on that uh, Holy Spirit high, as they say, right? Sure. And so I, I really, you know, joined the Knights at the time and, and really fully immersed myself in the Catholic faith. Uh, and then when we transferred to Italy, that's where we hit a bump um, because uh, we, we had to get an annulment to be married sacramentally. And, and so the priest there at the time was like, you know, you can't receive Holy Communion. Sorry, you're yeah. not married in the church. Yep. And, and although our previous priest at the time was like, no, you, you can because we're working on the annulment and, you know, you were baptized, you're good. And we'll just keep working on this annulment. And uh, the priest there in Italy was like, nope. And so that kind of, that, that hit the soul. Sure. And, uh, and so I kind of became what we call lukewarm, mm-hmm. right? Lukewarm Catholic for the t- uh, almost the entire time I was there. And, and then right at about uh, when we moved here, and I met you, actually. Uh, when Ta-da! I met you, um, I was like, you know, I, there's something different. There's something different about you, and I, and I mean that. And, um, and I, I felt this desire to get back into my faith seriously. And then, you know, as Margie continued to work on the annulment and, and then not being able to take communion for all those years, all those years. And then, I mean, I'm sure you remember when, when you did our marriage I and I cried the entire time like a baby. There were many tears. So, yeah. So the annulment, that annulment was granted and then, mm-hmm. and then you all were married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About married two the, years ago. Yeah. 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 Wow. And my faith has been on, I mean. No, and you're, I mean, yeah, you're, I would, um, I would put you, I mean, as a parishioner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know you work, you work for the church now, but. As a parishioner, you know, yeah, that you're active in yeah. in the Knights, you know, Knights of Columbus, but yeah. but also in the in the in the evangelization. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take that yeah. ser- more seriously than most. Yeah. I think of you know of, yeah. of bring inviting people yeah. to mass, sharing yeah. your faith in the workplace, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, wherever you may be. I mean, it's about conversion, right? Yeah, that's and and, and that's that was the others. false sense that I had was like, okay, I converted, so therefore my conversion is over. And realizing, oh, wait a minute, conversion is daily, right? Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. Yep. And so I have, I've been given this beautiful gift of faith, and I'm blessed for it. And now how can I help others achieve that, right? Better than me. I, yeah. I, I want people yep. to, to you know, be on fire more, far more than sure. me. You know, that's the desire. So. What, uh, so in our closing minutes here, best thing about being... A Catholic. Receiving Holy Communion. Whoa. All right. As uh, often as you can. What's hard about being a Catholic? Hard about being Catholic. Hmm. Well, the, I guess this expectation that we have to live this perfect life. And yeah. I'm sorry I don't. Yeah, uh, that you you're know. a hypocrite. Yeah. Join the club. Yeah, join the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay to be to to be a holy man and live a saint like life. It doesn't require you to be perfect, and you and you won't be. You're correct. Yeah, you can't be. But you can still be yeah. holy, and you can still live a saint like yeah. life. Favorite saints. Uh, so my patron saint is Saint Brendan, the navigator. Ooh, tell us about Brendan. Yeah, Irish uh, sailed and evangelized. I love it. Long time ago. Not did you know when did you when did you learn about Saint Brendan? Actually, when I was going through RCIA, my uh, I was struggling to find a patron saint, and my wife was helping me, and she came across Saint Brendan, and she goes, "Hey, so he's I like the patron saint of sailors, of sailors, yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I Brendan think this is your, your navigator. Yeah, this is Pray your for us." 
uh, after wild. him would be uh, St. Mother Teresa, of course. Yep. The little pencil in the hand of the author. That's my favorite yeah. quote. Um, and um, St. Francis Xavier, who is the missionary. Stud. Uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh-huh. Uh, spiritual warfare. I'm consecrated to St. Michael, so I believe in it. Dang. I know it to be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. St. Padre Pio, of course, his faith is deep. Yeah. It's so smart. St. Augustine, I'm reading his Confessions yeah. book, and that's tearing me You're apart. You're reading that right now? Mm-hmm. Trying to. It's so great. It tears me up every time I try yeah. to read it. That's a great, I mean, for someone out there who's kind of looking for just a beautiful conversion story, Rob has a great story. He hasn't written his book yet, but... <laughs> Um, Augustine's Confessions is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Merton, Seven Story oh, yeah. Mountain is really Very wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so there's some good some good yeah. things out there. Okay, uh, best thing about working for the church? It's fulfilling a desire I've always wanted. Really? I've, I've, because of my family yeah. history of, of having such a deep faith and always working for the church, this is like I'm doing yeah. the family business almost. You What's know? the hardest thing about working for the church? Um, right now? In all seriousness, um, I have to because I I love going to adoration, and because I've allowed the job, and this is I, I'm telling my boss this, <laughs> that your boss uh, has the same problem. Yes, go ahead. Yes, just finding the time to go to adoration yes, the way yeah. that I used. There's to. always work. Yes, and so there's always something to be done. Yeah, and so yeah, putting yeah. putting prayer off to yeah. the side in order yeah. to do the work when That's in right. fact prayer ought to come. Absolutely. First, prayer is the work. That's it. And I'm grateful for my morning prayer because yeah, I, yeah. that sets the tone for my day. Yeah, love it. Liturgy of the Hours has become really powerful love for it. me. Yeah. Okay, that is our time. Rob Ponce, Communications Director, veteran of the United States Navy, mm-hmm. husband, father, disciple of Christ. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, great to be here. So if you want to get a hold of Rob, uh, give him a shout in the parish office. Uh, this is the Pastors of Pain. Have a great week, everybody. God bless you. <laughs>